Hi, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for supporting this podcast on the Corolla Digital Network. Everyone here at Corolla Digital is very proud of the shows that we put out every week and are excited about the future of our network. However, a patent troll is threatening that future by suing us. We need to fight back and beat the troll down. If we go down, all the other shows on the other networks you've grown to love are going to go down next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll to donate and find out other ways that you can help beat the patent trolls. Thank you and mahalo. This is Corolla Digital. Doctor Podcast. Uh, just a reminder that is some of the sing- swinging sounds of our podcast, and part two is now available on iTunes. Please, please, everybody, keep the winds and the sails of the Corolla pirate ship by uh, clicking through on Amazon, uh, bookmarking it after you click through at doctor.com, and also support the sponsors that support these programs. It allows us to keep doing what we like to do here. Pleasure to welcome to the program Rick Shapiro and his wife Tracy DeMarzo. Rick played, you made him from Louis C.K.'s show, this first show, Lucky Louie, before the Louis C.K. show that's on the air now. And the Lucky Louie show still airs, by the way, and you can see Rick playing Rick's brother in law. Um, Louis's brother in law. What did I say? Rick's brother. I said Rick's brother in law. I can you know, play my own brother. I definitely play my own brother in law at home. Be very careful what, what comes out of my mouth. You never know. His new book is called Unfilter. It's available on Amazon. You can also click through at doctor.com. The CD is Catalyst for Change, available also Amazon and iTunes, and you can click through with us. The website is rickshapiro.tv, and Twitter handle is rickshapiro.tv, at rickshapiro.tv. So, Rick, tell me about what, what and your wife. What brings you in here with him? You have to supervise him? Tracy? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I was so just caught off, off, uh, off guard. Yeah, yeah, I do. She thinks she does, <laughs> and she does, and also she doesn't. Like, I'm on the run without her knowing it. And I'm getting not, busted. I'm not doing drugs, but, uh, you know, trying to decide if I want to be f- faithful or not. That's ah. what I call it. Uh, or, or uh, let's call it like this, like the nature of love. Like, do I love her? Is love love? Is Does love feel like hate? Well, how is it for you? I knew you, sir, and you, and you. How is it for all of you? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's hard to, to trust that you're making the right decision if it's going to last you the rest of your life. How long have you guys been married? Six ma- months. <laughs> no, we got married in June. It's been a long time. But we've been together for, for seven years. And if you wipe a man's ass for a year, you're going to become very close. <laughs> yeah, but you said that. That's great. See, I was in the hospital. <laughs> He's very sick. I was in the hospital. Like, I, like, I got confused about this show because I've heard I, – I love people that – Talk about the spirituality and the recovery and all. Mm-hmm. I stutter when I say it because even walking through the door, I get a little. Uh, here we go again. But but um, but so I, I go like, oh man, this is gonna be serious. I'm gonna jump on Doctor Drew's knees and go like, <laughs> how how do I love her? How do I tell her it's over? How do I keep her into tell her it's over? How do I tell her it's open? But I'm not gonna cheat. How do I tell her I'm gonna be a cheat cheat? Cheating slob, you you know the new language, Doctor Drew. What's the new language? Because the old language is like, honey, I would never. And then then you furrow your eyebrow, that extra lie truth look, you know, like the extra truth lie look. Like, never, <laughs> I'm me? serious. Yeah. Now it's I'm a honey. I'm a sex addict. Yeah, that may be, that may, or a love addict. No, that's what my shrinks say. Oh, he says you're a love addict. Yeah. Do you understand what that is? No. 
Is he giving you a reading? Is, she, is he or she or Frank? Uh, it's been four, four of them. The one that called you a love addict, here or well, she? All of them. All of them call you a love addict. <laughs> yeah. Well, they give you any reading material? No. Huh. We got to get him overcoming love addiction by. Uh, isn't that available on natural.com? But yeah. To, to me, it sounds like it's always. I want to hear that little, little bell in my head when I look at, when I'm starting to talk to a girl. I hear. Ding. Well, not only ding, but uh, PML, I've wrote that book. But uh, the book, I just did a podcast with uh, Jill Vermeer. We went for an hour about love addiction. Is that up now? Dr. Dr. Everybody? Yes, it is. Yeah, and Gary's going to tell you what episode that is. Uh, but it basically is rather than a ding, people are love addicts like feeling kaplowy, like yeah. they're feeling like bowled over. They like lightning bolts as opposed to the ding. The ding is probably good. He gets the, that. He gets that after he gets busted. He gets the ding. He gets high. Oh, he gets dinged. Yeah. <laughs> when I look the, at you, yeah. All of a sudden, I like she has these, you know, all the qualities. You when you know someone for years, you, you don't want. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden you realize you just love her blue eyes underneath the mire of anger she has to, 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 to Georgia, the, the, the sordid guilt that I project onto her face, you know, like you guilty puke and, and, and I'm sitting there like, look at those fluid blue eyes. You but know? that's not the only reason we're here. It's not all about me and you. Uh-huh. Well, I want to hear about you, the sickness you had. You were, you were wiping his ass for a month because he was sick. What yeah, happened? he got – Ricky got really sick. What happened? Um, he was on way too much medication. We couldn't figure out the um, the reasons. We took him to the hospital. On the emergency room table, he had a heart attack. He, he had a he heart was, attack. He was on 150 mil- It was prescribed. I, I either liked it too much and fell asleep or I OD'd. But, I can't decide. But it was all prescribed. He was on 150 milligrams of Adderall, 600 milligrams of Trazodone, and all this other stuff. And his hands. What were, other stuff? Uh, antidepressants, Klonopin. Uh, it was about fi- yeah, uh, like a, 15, a 15 thing. None of those things will make you stop breathing. So what was was he on a bunch of opiates? No, no. What, what made you stop? What made him stop breathing? He wouldn't. No, didn't I, stop breathing. I, 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 on the no. table, he had the heart attack. He never stopped breathing. No, I went Did off. Did you say you stopped? No, that's no. psychological. No, uh, no, I didn't say that. <gasps> oh yeah, that's how I live. <laughs> Panic attacks. But uh, no, I uh, I did the thing where I I forgot. I I just figured since it was pre- prescribed, I could just go 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 off it. I was on oh, a large no. amount. Oh, so you were detoxing. So I went off it, and oh, I just geez. fell on the couch, and I said, "I got to go to the hospital." Okay. And then it was sixty days in the hospital. So, so wait, wait, what, what, what they did was they said he's having a heart attack, and he's kind of oh d- 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 ding. So they drained and, wait, wait. you. So, so they drained my. They, yeah, they, 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 they. I can't talk until four p.m. They, they, they drained everything out of my system. And every doctor I've spoken to says that's the worst thing you you can can do. What does that mean, drained? They took all the medicines out. They gave him like a flush, which paralyzed him, left him like a vegetable. There's no such thing as a flush. So right. they just stopped all his medicines. They stopped all his medicine. Okay, but, so he had withdrawal. Complete withdrawal, okay. but it completely paralyzed him, huh. and he had her. So we did sixty Didn't days, sixty months. days in the hospital, thirty days in a nursing home, two weeks in a in rehab, and then a whole year of no no diagnosis to find out a year later that he has Parkinson's. Yeah, I was misdiagnosed. Like they put me on the wrong pills again, or something. Oh, they just got me like, oh, he's got that. And, and, then, and then there was a test that California didn't t- 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 tell me I could have because I wasn't insured. The the D- DAT scan. We did it at the Mayo. Yeah, so we went to the Mayo Clinic, and they go, haven't you had a DAT? I said, what's that? And he told us. He goes, that's how, and he goes, it's Parkinson's. 
But it's not, you know, the old lady chain smoking with the sh- 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 shaky hands, <laughs> drinking scotch, worried about her son Scotty in re- re- rehab. Uh, you know, like, I hope he makes it through rehab. Well, I'm sure he'll be all right. It, they said it's environmental from so, car crashes and concussions and fights and all that. And dr- medication or drugs? No, it was not medication. Yeah, I told him that was not Parkinson's. That's heroin. <laughs> that's the heroin. It's got me in them street fights. And two by fours. White boys with two by fours. Okay, continue. Listen. <laughs> the, well, there, there are plenty of drugs that can give Parkinson's uh, type stuff, too. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we, they had him on certain things that could cause it. So when we got to the Mayo, they're like, no, stop this. No, stop that. Yeah. So they immediately stopped certain medications. But as soon as he went on the... And, and then street drugs can cause it, too. Yeah. Did you have history with that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, heroin and coke and all that. I s- s- smoked it mostly, but that was tr- 20 years ago. Mm. Uh, oh, that's interesting. That's quite a sound. Goddamn uh, phone. Yeah, so that so the combination of factors may have contributed to this. Yeah. Head injuries. I mean, certain drugs are almost like being hit in the head. You know, certain. Do you do hallucinogens? Uh, no. no. I did it a, cu- cu- a couple of times, but it was m- m- mostly that high of, that's, that's, of was, that was a good addict response by the way do you hallucinogens absolutely not just a few times yeah <laughs> yeah like I ate every m- 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 mushroom in the bag because it was food to, to me I was like if if if, if uh, ve- ve- vegetable can get you high why wouldn't you eat the, the whole thing is it good for you yeah it doesn't yeah. sound like it's not like pills or anything <laughs> but um, uh, have you seen that Parkinson's from uh, drug use oh sure yeah but we were told that the dat ex- the dat test would prove whether or not it was medically induced or environmentally reduced. Mm-hmm. So they said it was environmental. So I kind of feel a little bit better about that. Like it wasn't the heroin that did it to him. It wasn't. Yeah. And then I'm to be quiet and see what. And then as an, and then as an and then he got married. So I think like it all happened very quickly. He never got sober. He didn't get like he didn't get fully sober because he was on the prescription pills. Then he got mm. sick. Then he got married, and his whole life is in turmoil. And he's just an unhappy guy. Miserable. Right now, miserable. miserable. Oh, he's so unhappy. Like I like when I'm behind a mic, my head starts pop, 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 popping. But I can't stand this sunshine and the idea of sun and no ideas and a land of no ideas and. Because of Parkinson's, I'm lethargic. Because of being in the hospital, I forgot the writer's impulse because I was numb for a year. I used to write three hours a day. Now I forgot when I get that itch in the heart, that means to to, to write. And now I go, nah, because the the orderly should be around to bring me eggs and and juice. You know, like I'm really pissed. What medication are you on now? Uh, uh, Yeah, Yeah. Carbidoba. Yeah. Um, Bucipirone, mm-hmm. tramadol. Uh, why? Cymbalta. Why are you on tramadol? It's an opiate. Because of b- body pain. Mm. I'm on Cymbalta for that too. Do you have fibromyalgia? No. What's the body pain? Uh, f- they said it's from the pa- pa- Parkinson's. Where's it hurt? I get the hip. Well, l- lately it's been the hips and the legs. But I'm stiff in the neck. But um, I usually box every day to to get it all out. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been. Seroquel. Once a week. Mm-hmm. Seroquel. I think that's it. That's five. And Colonopin. And Colonopin, of course. 
And I hate that. I hate the clonopin. Yeah, clonopin tramadol. I just t- t- take bites out of the, the clonopin. It's nice to see those go away because then you can start to work on sobriety. Have you ever been sober? Oh, you mean I thought I was for 25 years. Well, clonopin and tramadol are addictive drugs both. But but I'm not hooked on the climate. I'm just I used to take two pills and I'm down to one. Now I'm Good. down to just t- t- taking a bite. Yeah, get rid of three four times. If a your doctor day. says it's okay, because I have anxiety attacks. Oh, he's a, he's a walking anxiety yeah, attack. It's a joke. It sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 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 I can be uh, I I'll be splayed out on the couch, and then uh, or all over the place. Or uh, but then as soon as I get behind the plate, you know, like like uh, let me just say this. A club, a mic, my my mind just focuses. Yeah, good. Yeah, for he, I mean, he can work. The auditions are perfect. The performances are better than they've ever yeah, been. Yeah, I mean, his focus book, on stage. I is booked more than... stuff on Parkinson's than when I didn't have it. You know, I film and TV. You know, you knew still, you were in Louis' show. How did you get to know Louis? I used to work out at the same cl- 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 clubs as him. And, and I would go on last, and, and he saw me at the co- comedy cell at like t- t- two a.m. and we started to talk, and he he was kind of like a fa- 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 father f- f- figure to me. He, he, he was a a smart man of f- f- few words guy. While everyone was t- 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 talking at me like you do characters, you should st- st- structure this, you should this, you should that. He, he just tapped me on the hand one night, and it was him, and he said, "You'll find what you're looking for." And I thought that, that that was cool. While everybody was telling me how to do co- comedy, Tell yeah, him, yeah we, we got along great. I'm still a little I, I'm a little overwhelmed and unclear about what's going on here. So, you were on a bunch of medication, right before you got sick. Yeah, but something caused you to be on all those medications. Was that a mood disturbance or what was the issue? In, yeah, yeah, the car accident. Uh. So in 2007, he was in a car accident, a cab accident. After the cab accident, because he was on only in oh, 2007, yeah, in 2007, need, need, need he was only on two medications. He was on Effexor and Klonopin, and it worked really well. Then the car accident happened. What do you mean a cab accident? Uh, I was in a cab, and another cab reamed me, and I in got in New York. Yeah. Did you not have your seatbelt on? Backseat. Probably. I wouldn't imagine. Uh, I just was always told. My mother said, "Don't wear your seatbelt. That's disrespect to not wear <laughs> wow. to wear it. To disrespect to how I feel wow. about your future." I'm going to be disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, so, she said, "Your he- your head won't be able to slam against the divider, the two windows, and your balls hit the door like John Travolta in Greece." Wow! <laughs> You'll start singing "Sandy Baby" and "Old Mandy," and you get on Dr. Drew's show, but you don't seem to want to. You want to stutter and stammer and hold your your your, your own worst enemy. How do the blacks say it? Man, you're your own worst enemy. I got my, my, my best friends are black guy who goes, you're your own worst enemy. You're your own worst enemy. You're your, like it's a whole black community coming down on me. Wherever I turn, he's there. You're your own worst enemy. I'm, brother, I'm about to take you upstairs. Put your face in front of the mirror. You're your own worst enemy. I go, but how do I fix that? You know, how does a white man, he can't just snap his fingers like a black guy. We have no rhythm, no beat. We're not attuned to the beat of the heat. You know, the street pounding in your head, taking, turning your head into a double laner. You know, it's, it's not fair, Dr. Drew. Did you have trauma growing up? No. Nothing, uh, nothing but. Yeah, nothing I had a lot trauma. of trauma. My father was a, ch- was a violent choker. He choked you when you were a kid. Yeah. He was a, and he would stand me on a dresser and just throttle me and scream in my face, what's wrong with you and stuff. How old were you? Uh, all I remember is from nine on. 
So it started relatively later in childhood. Well, no, I think I can't remember because I have a flash of like being this big and we'd all be crying before we, we went into our uncle's house or whenever we went somewhere. He hit, hit us before we went and he smacked the devil out like over and over and be like, that's what you're going to get if you don't be, be, behave. Uh, to give he, you what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> Comical, but yeah. not. And so where was your mom with all that? She was in MMA trying to get off vent. Uh, my mother was a silent housewife who always talked worried and always talked like that. And he, he loves you and he's sorry and we always loved you. What did he do for a living? Oh, man. You know those big trucks? He was a dermatologist. He was a dermatologist? <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd add some grit. To Seriously, he was a dermatologist? Yeah, a dermatologist. That's crazy. He would, he would do te- testicle checks because he syphilis is running big now there's new diseases out there and I want to check my sons to make sure and we were 12 you're not going to get gonorrhea at age 12 he would would say come in the bathroom and he would put on his special dermatology glasses you know the ones that went out there and and you go like they seem all right to me you know like maybe trying to see if they were symmetrical or something or if they look like Bill O'Reilly or something. <laughs> but why would he have to put on magnifying glass if he's just testing the testicles? He's looking at the skin with the magnifying glass. I never knew to ask. Yeah. How, how, and you were how old when he started that crap? Uh, probably 10, maybe 12. Is he still alive? No. What did he die of? Uh, t- 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 testicle dust. <laughs> Ma- magical testicle. <laughs> Can't I shut the... Test okay. a ball up his nose. Uh, <laughs> what did he die? Uh, he cancer. Some kind of cancer, bone, okay. bone cancer or something. It, it was sad. But I, I gave him the, the Marlon Brando talk in Last Tango in pa- Paris when his mom's dead, and I was like, you cunt. I was like, why did you torture me? Why did you do this? Why? And he couldn't talk. You said that to him? Yeah. I, uh, and I told my, my mom, I said, Mom, I got to ask you something. I haven't seen you in a couple of years. like, why did you let him do it? Why were you so quiet? Right. Which I can understand. She, 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 no, no, I can't anymore. She, she, she said, well, we sent you to the memory correction center. We sent you to the memory correction center and we fixed your memory. So now you remember the right thing. You remember what, what, that he, ne- 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 he never hit you. And I was like, Mom, there's no memory correction center. That's a lie. So are you saying I'm a liar or are you, you, you know, finally I got all that out? Mm. And she just said, do what she always does, pretend she's dusting, like, uh, and walks out of the room. No, no, we'll talk about it tomorrow. You know, but uh, I said, if I, if I said, if I go see my old man and he's di- dying, if I can't sleep, if this is on my mind, I'm going to br- bring it up. Good. C- couldn't sleep for a couple nights. But, but now I feel like I owe him an amends. I feel like, like, he couldn't answer me. What, what, what was that? So, I'm, I'm glad I did, but at the same time, he was dead. You know, he, he, he was dehydrated. He was starving. He couldn't lift his head to eat. And I'm trying to get an answer I know I'm not going to get. Was he awake? Yeah. Good. He tortured you. You didn't make amends. Well, he t- 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 touched my hand at the end. I made a joke to someone across his body, and he sm- sm- smiled a tiny bit. But the woman, there's a woman writing a book, book, book about me. She's renowned and she's smart as hell. She goes, and she would never say that. She said he had the same look when you walked in the room that he had when he was well. That same angry vulture look. He was like, it was weird. I said, and she's kind. She's a very, she wouldn't say that. So she was in the room when this happened? Yeah. 
and and is were you the one that was sort of more selected for the targeted for the abuse, or were the, the other brothers get a bunch too? No, I was the one because he was the oldest in his family, and the oldest. Was, meanwhile, I was a twin, and my sister was older than, than, than me by a minute or something. What by a minute or something? No, 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 no. My 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 twin brother. Oh, I see. And and well, you're the oldest. Or did, did the twin I've brother? I've been talking about my family a long time. Did the twin brother get shit too, or no? Well, he he says he remembers it now, but he used to say, "Why are you so hostile to the family?" Why? And and he what he did, he got the golden boy treatment. Mm. So you got a good good cop, bad cop. Yeah, but but he had to play. He had to lie. Became a big li- 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 liar about his grades. I mean, he, he became a con artist on, on the, the, the the street. Wow. He, he's he does co- co- comedy now. He's 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 funny as as hell. How many boys were there? Uh, three boys. Did he only physically abuse the boys? Yeah, uh, he only physically abused me. But he well, gave said, my said, brother. I can't talk. I'm talking about my family a long time. He 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 gave my brother enemas like all the time. They tried to turn him into this perfect kid or to exert control. I haven't spoken about my family in a while. I have a sponsor today and all they do is say, write down a four-step, write down a four-step, write down a four-step, write down a four-step. Are you you okay with this? You comfortable with this? Yeah, yeah. I I just feel like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So because this, your dad sounds like not a good guy at all. No, he was a prick. He he was a real sick guy. And and how have your brothers turned out? You said one's, well, my, it's, it sucks because my, my twin brother has a, a, a episodes. You, you know, he, he had it rough because he was trying to be a comedian. And wherever he went, they'd be like, we already have Rick Shapiro, you know. And mm. he didn't realize he wouldn't see a shrink. And if you're a Shapiro, you need a, 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 a sh- 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 shrink. But he won't – I don't think he – he goes and he's nuts. You know, he, we both had a st- st- street life. He he would mug. I would sell my body and I never screwed or got screwed by my guys. But sometimes I screwed a string of beautiful girls and and uh, sometimes I had to let guys bl- bl- blow me because I was always bad at it. All I ever heard was, get up, I'll do you. You're worse than my wife, which is a true story actually. No, it's funny. But, but, but um, uh, yeah, he, he – He's had it rough, my my, my brother. Well, something you had and, it rough and he's too, harassing though. my my wife, and he's harassing me, and it's just it, it stinks. But it sounds like you had it rough too, though. Yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was naive about co- 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 comedy. I let people st- steal from me while they were my my best friend. I was always an artist. I started. I used to do three and a half hour shows for nine years. Three and a half hours. That's crazy. Yeah, because to me it was like coming on in off the the, the the street. So you grab a mic, and a guy knew I had that kind of kind of capacity. So he gave me the back of his bar where I could go in on as long as I wanted. I would go on all, all night. Wow. Yeah, I I, I, I hundred people really shot how hard that is. That is hard. Was yeah. it a set? A three and a half hour set, or you just go with whatever came to mind? I, I didn't even have a set more than a half hour at the time. More, more than t- ten min- min- minutes. I was c- kind of new, but but he was a really smart guy who created a scene. Like he, Be- Beck came out of there, and Jeff B- 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 Buckley, and some other guys, and 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 he saw it in me, uh, and he couldn't stand out that I wasn't get, 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 get getting paid. But uh, I do bits with me, 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 music in it, like an incest survivor hitchhiking to Dusty Springfield, but it's punched <laughs> up with references about the outsiders. Uh, can we make this three hours so I don't have to stutter? <laughs> I feel like i got to squeeze my heart. I'm looking for a miracle today. 
Adam, because it says Adam all over here. Yeah, Dr. yeah. Drew. Yeah, it does. I know. That's a miracle? That shows you guys are good, man. Man. No, you don't want to, no, no miracles in the Corolla Studios. We're, they're not allowed at all. So, so the, that's your twin brother. How about the third brother? What happened to He's him? a dermatologist. Yeah. No, seriously? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He uh-huh. kind of emulated... The dad. Yeah, emulate. He saw my father hit hit me. He idealized him. My, my, my father. Here's what I think. My, my father saw. My, my father would smack the. Uh, he would say, well, "What do you want?" He lined us up. What do you want to be when, when you grow up? And I said, "I just want to be me. I want to adventure, experiences. I want to go out and live." So he beat the crap out of me. And my my, my twin brother saw that. So uh, he, my father goes, well, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And he goes. I want to be into science and math because he figured that's close to my old man. And my yeah. father just smacked him a little, little bit. He says, you, you, "You're going to fail." And my my kid, kid, kid brother, he goes, what, 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 "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And he goes, "I don't know. What do you do?" Mm. You know, because he saw me get, getting hit. So yeah. he has the exact same amount of kids. He's a dermatologist. He talks kind like my father. Does he hit his kids? No, but he teaches him to hunt. He sent me, me a p- p- picture of him, his son Jared, the Republican, with a dead giant deer's head on an eight-year-old boy's lap. Oof. Like, you know, come on, did, man. Did the, girls, did, did the girls get hit too? I don't think so. I, I think she she was scared. I don't know why. I, I, I think she was just told what to, to, to do. And she became a teacher. Especially I, I, children. I, I, I mean... I mean, my father was all about the king, and we were his pawns. You know, he, does everyone have the same perceptions of him as you do? I think they do now. Uh, my my s- sister and kid brother may not. Oh. Ro- my twin brother does now. But uh, it's well, funny how I said I think they all do now, forgetting that. I feel like my sister and my kid brother came from a different pl- pl- planet. Hmm. You, you know, the land of the peaceful khakis. The land of Sherman Oaks. Is it where you grew up? We were rent a home and call it real. You grew up in Sherman Oaks? No, no. no. My sister mo- moved out here with oh. gar- Garmento. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey, Raspberry Park, and then I lived in this. this, this, this in, why am I stuttering so much? You're nervous. Well, you're nervous. And part of Parkinson's. Uh, is it is nervous? It doesn't feel like no, nervous. No, Parkinson's cause stuttering too. But once he gets on stage, there's no stuttering. Yeah, I don't stutter on stage. Stutter I don't stutter on, stage. on TV. I don't stutter. Uh, For all those I'm, agents I'm, listening, he does not stutter when working. So, yeah, any of you agents out there, get your head out of your ass. I've got a good attitude. How you doing? I like that guy and that guy too. I want to talk to them, and I don't. And I don't want to talk in my real voice. You hear? It sounds funny, like I'm from the country. This is my real voice, talking like this from now on. My mother was a good woman. She just pulled my hair and a spaz attack. You know, when the when the tomato sauce wasn't hot enough, and she had nothing to do while waiting. My mother would walk by and be like, not in my house. None of my boys are prostitutes. And then she'd walk by like, what's wrong with you? And she'd bang my head against the wall. And then she'd get her voice back to peaceful. <clears throat> and I'd be stirring my chili with a knife with a squirrel's head on it. <laughs> how, how old were you when uh, you hit the streets? Uh, I was a eight year, 28. 28? No, no, no. Uh, no. I was about. Younger. I have three times I remember it clearly. One time was 16. One time was... 19, uh, 17, one time was 19, I tried going to college, I don't know how I got into NYU, but I got into NYU, my twin brother filled out all my applications, but I was good in English, like I was straight A's, Mm -hmm. 
but I wasn't good at anything else. And so, so 16, 17, 18, and 19, I guess. I'd I, 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 I run away at 16, go, jump the bus, or I'd just hide behind a bush in my house and stay there overnight because I just wanted them to ride out in their car and yell my, my name because hmm. I thought that was love. So that's why I still caused trouble for Tracy. Like, I only want to hear you yell my name passionately. That's the only reason I kind of run into another girl's panties by accident. <laughs> I didn't take them off, man. I found out they're just nice to talk to. Are you misbehaving? What? Do you misbehave? Yes, but she don't know. <laughs> no, but I figured it out in front of her so as I wouldn't get into trouble on this show here. I figured it out. I did. <laughs> I figured it out. Like, there's there are the... This beautiful sleazy, and I never use that word because I was a prostitute. I don't know what sleazy is. I really don't understand when guys call a girl a, 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 a whore. I mean, we, we understand. You seem like you have that reality in your head too. Like, well, well what's, if someone's a good, can I curse? Yeah. Thank you. If someone's <laughs> if someone's a good intercourse uh, malaise with action, you know, we get lazy. We're prone to it. I'm Mrs. Drew. <laughs> uh, like I said, if a girl's a good fuck, don't call her a whore, call her again. And also, the tr- tr- truth is, throw firecrackers at her feet. Like, really, I'm not kidding. Like, exhaust that moment to no end because they are gems. You know, you go out with a girl 18 times and finally you make love and it's dull. Yeah, you ask for it. But, but, but you go out with a goddamn, what idiots call whore, you, you, you know, what they mean is amazing. You know, have your friends throw confetti at you when you're in bed while you're having sex. I'm having a great fuck parade. Fuck Independence Day and Disney Day, you know. Like, have her hold firecrackers up. I had a girl hold, not firecrackers, sparklers up when we were on a date. I said, I just want to remember you. I want to not, I've let every amazing woman walk out of my life. Every girls who blew me that extra 20 minutes where stars go out of your eyes and unicorns go in. And you believe in Harry Potter in your brain. He's stirring his cappuccino. You know, foam in your head with his broomstick. You know, you're just taken, man. You're fucking taken. But we live in a goddamn world where it's people who are like, he's a whore. He's a whore. Do you do anal? Do you do anal? Do you do anal? You, you, you know, like, um, this is a real me. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Guys go like, she was amazing. What does she do? Quote Oscar Wilde and do ballet na- 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 naked around the house? I, I, I don't want, want, want to do, do bits. I'm, I'm saying this Twitter, Instagram, f- f- Facebook, the, the old girlfriends are calling me and I lo- love her. But he- I know the truth that Henry, M- 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 Henry Miller said every woman he was with was an homage to the woman he loved, June. Because believe me, when you cheat, no matter how amazing she is, and they are amazing, you're running home without your shorts to, to the woman you fucking need and love. You know, you're running home ready to drop and come on her ankles. You know, like, I, I swear I'm a loser. I swear. T- 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 take me in. You, you know, but I can't. I have to be fit, fit, faithful, a normal guy who obviously lives on the other side of the diving board, right? You know, you know, you know like my be- be- best friend said, I'm always w- w- worried I call the attack of the n- normals. Where you go like, uh, uh, you know, yeah. And he says, you're already on the other side of the moon. You know, you're already there. Don't, 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 and that, that helped. Yesterday I heard that. But I love her. I love her. I love that we hold hands in bed. More than, but I can't screw unless I had you less than once. You know what I mean? I'm hooked on the perfect stranger. That's what we, I thought we'd end up talking about in, in here, like, how do you, how do you screw more than, you know, like, 
Okay, we'll t- we'll take a quick break. Uh, it's Rick Shapiro, Tracy DeMarzo. How do you how do you have sex more than once with somebody you really care about and still have excited about it? Yeah, yeah. All right, talk about that. We we'll get back. Allison Rosen. Hey everyone, it's me, Allison from Allison Rosen is your new best friend. On Monday, I was joined by Grace Helbig, Hannah Hart, and Mamrie Hart, and we talked about all sorts of stuff, including their new movie, Camp Dakota, and what we used to call our private parts when we were kids. They were like, it's Dinner your plate. vagina, but I'd be like, my china. And I remember one time, <laughs> I was taking a bath, and would you guys ever, when you took baths, you'd be like, here's some bubble bath, here's some other shit. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. I put Ben Gay in there, oh. and I remember my mom ran into the bathroom, and I was like, running my little privates <laughs> under cold water, and I kept just going, China's on fire! Oh. China's Oh my god! (laughs) And then on Thursday, I sat down with Matt, Chris, Gary, and Jenna, and we talked about the creepy guy in my neighborhood and other stuff. Subscribe to Allison Rosen as your new best friend on iTunes or go to AllisonRosen.com. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I love you. Allison's your new best friend. Buying a car can be a stressful experience. TrueCar.com is changing that forever. Simple, fair, and a fun way to buy a car. True Car users save time and money, helping them to never overpay. You know you get the fair price because they show you what others paid for the car you're looking for. True Car analyzes what people are paying for their cars in your market and shares it with consumers so they never have to overpay. Genius. Over a million cars have been sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network, and users see an average savings of $3,046 off MSRP. True, stifle yourself. Three steps here. All right. Go to truecar.com. Yeah. All right was not stifling yourself. <laughs> Go to truecar.com. Find out what other people paid. Then register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings certificate. Then take it to the True Car certified dealer for a hassle-free buying experience. Save time, save money, never overpay. Truecar.com. Part- Welcome back to Dr. Podcast, Rick Shapiro. I wish you could. We took a little break, and Rick, uh, under his breath, his wife goes, But I haven't, I haven't like, screwed anybody. I haven't, I haven't done, I haven't done anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Relax, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, the book just... is called Unfiltered, available at Amazon, doctor.com. Also, the CD is Catalyst for Change. Is the book review some of this stuff, Unfiltered? Yeah, there's actually a, a po- poem in it, and it's not like dull po- 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 poems, it's like drums, you know, like loud drums, man. But a poem called Parking Lot Love, which explains the whole situation. Like, I didn't have a car, so I would hang out. I would go out with a girl, and we'd pull up in a parking lot. And one girl understood. Like, she turned on her dashboard light. She goes, oh, I love that you like drinking coffee in front of the 7-Eleven. Me, me too. And she had a little cab driver cap and turned on the light on her dash, and it looked like a hearth. And we were in her car just having a great talk, and it was warm. And, you know, and... and um. But from being sick for five years and Tracy taking care of me and having amnesia, she taught me to wear pajamas. I didn't even have – it took me five years of sobriety to learn about a mattress. Like my friend says, don't you have a mattress? I'm like, no. And, and when he told me he had one, I thought he was gay. I told him he would be like, every day I come out my robe and my mattress. You know, I come out of, off my king-size mattress into my – other room with a coffee table, and I know I say I'm the king, and I went faggot under my, my breath, but, but, but that's that's just how I was. But it's hard to focus. Yeah, yeah there, there's a blowjob poem that really explains how every every stroke of her tongue is proof that her mind is hot, 
and her that her mouth is hot and her mind makes it work uh makes it move like each when a girl who really loves a boy it's it's, it's triumphant tongue licks it's moments of triumph you're not sitting there like like LA girls who do that comedian girls go like girls hate the blowjob right and they give you a th- thumbs up and other girls go like yeah I'm like where are these girls from where are you guys from that you would hate why are you alive like 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 if, if, if I hated if I had a blank spot when you said eat my p- 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 pussy I, and I went like w- why I'd see a doctor could you, you? Know? is that and why we're here if I wanted here? to eat one girl's pussy for the rest of my life that's crazy well, but isn't that the that's qu- fucked up that how was, you doing man I like that guy he's intense <laughs> that was the question we, we were going to before Virgo. the break which was uh, how do you keep excitement for somebody you're in love with for over a lifespan? Or how do you even get get, get excitement? Because excitement for me was so over the the, 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 the the top. Yeah, it has to be addictive sex. I, I can't stand having a dog. It's too bland. It's too he's too emotional. He's too like just pet me. It's like I used to be like I can't. I don't have time to pet. I got to go find life. So you still have this addictive quality about everything. Everything, everything is, that what is that super is? intense, intense, intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really crazy, man. It's yeah. really cr- crazy. Were you ever uh, diagnosed bipolar? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but they treated every uh, other thing. By, by the, that time, we had said no, no, no more, right? Because the, the woman said, uh, "Like, look at her face. Look, look at her eyes." But she's a businesswoman too, and work in the same house. So she puts on that business woman scowl that, that's a turn off. Like my friend Rick Wood, who's a great comedian, and my, my, my Michael Scott. Uh, Rick Wood, his wife works in an office. Look, I'm talking like, like nobody would know. His wife works in an office, <laughs> a building, not in the apartment. The building isn't in the apartment. And she works at home, and I see her scowl like, motherfucker, I'm a businesswoman, businesswoman. And I can't screw that at the end of the day. But then at the end of the day, she's floating around like an ethereal, sparkling being, and she's adorable and funny, and it lights me up. I I love it. I'm hooked on it. Right, but it's the same thing for me. From the moment you wake up until you go on stage, you are a train wreck. Yeah, I'm a and then you come, and then he gets he gets home from being on stage and he's fantastic. So it's like you know dealing with the daytime personalities and then switching you know hating the daytime personalities on both ends, having no sexual drive to those two people, and then at night acknowledging them but being so exhausted that you just pass out. Mm. You know, so it's like this. It's a constant change of personality, of health situation, of business of struggles and where do we go with this and then you know we've been together in such an intimate level for so long how long for seven years and most of it he's been sick most of it he's been sick most of it so it's constantly yeah. constantly trying to fix something and i said to him when we get when we got married when he proposed i said but you're marrying it's kind of like the florence Nine, florence nightingale syndrome mm. like are you yeah, marrying I mean, your caretaker or are you marrying the woman that you want to make a baby with have you heard of that oh yeah, yeah. it's bad to marry florence nightingale it could be an okay. Uh, yeah, it could be an okay thing. Yeah, you've got to be sort of. There's a lot going on here, so I, <laughs> I, so I wouldn't point at one thing and go, "That's a problem." Can, can, can I be real, real, real honest? Like, yeah. You, you know about, about this? You, you guys are, 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 are boy boyish he's pointing, boys. He's pointing at Gary and Chris behind the mirrors here, behind the glass. Like, and you, and I want, and you too. I want, I want to know the goddamn truth. Yeah. My dream is for her to just take a little bit of dirt from this sidewalk and rub it on the back of her pussy. Like I want her to be the dirtiest. I, I don't mean the way guys play. Like like I'm dirty. I'm nasty girl. You know, no. Like like I I was homeless. I played with homeless girls. I understand when you make out with a homeless woman, they think it's the last 
moment of love they're ever going to get. So when you kiss, there's a grabbing and a bellowing from the bellows deep within the hollers, the yells, the despair is matched. Instead of girls out here who go like, you're pulling my tongue out of my head. And I had to say, your tongue really can't come out of your head. You, you, You know that, right? And they went like, well, no, but it hurts. I go, well, it doesn't really hurt, right? Well, a little bit. Well, it kind of felt good, right? Yes. You know, it's like, then why are you stopping me? But homeless women go like, yeah, you you might hear a pump. I heard a girl out of like a pump machine. She might have had tuberculosis. A pump? I I used to pay homeless girls $5 to make out with them because I missed the farm. And and, uh, and I take him into a hotel, well, rich hotel lobby with a homeless woman, and I'd have her on my lap and just lean her over and make out with her like crazy. But one time I heard this, <sighs> like a machine. I said, "Oh my God, you might have something in her throat." Oh, <laughs> Could have been a skier, a tracheotomy. Yeah, <laughs> I yelled, "Get me a pen! Get me a pen knife!" It could be a medication pump. What? Could be a medication pump. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Rick wants one. Can yeah, okay, well, well, that help me? Can I get one? Can I get one quick? Because <laughs> but, but I don't see, seem depressed, right? Not right now, no. I, I mean, but it, it's got to be I, hard to be sexual on all these meds, too. There's a lot of meds that will suppress. Yeah, yeah. I don't here. feel I don't feel, yeah. feel well. I want them gone, man. I don't feel well. Uh, the, the other thing that you're sort of describing is that when you've been traumatized uh, and sex kind of gets woven into that trauma, you start to think about – the sexual part of yourself as sort of, for lack of a better word, bad. Yeah, and so you can only be with dirty or bad people. That's the only the way that part, that dirty part of yourself can connect to somebody else. Well, is dirty with that. dirty. And so when you actually love somebody and they seem pure and good, you f- it makes accentuates your feeling of dirty and sort of that part goes into hiding. And it gets me mad that I'm going to have to give that part up and become a father with three performance. Well, because that part deserves performance wool, whatever. Because that part deserves to be around too. Yeah, and and this is the whole deal. Is why in treatment, what people focus on is integrating all these parts, having them all a whole, having them all present all the time, so you can be dirty. With a, a good person, if you want. Yeah, yeah. but you see, she used to be a stripper. You got to you got to understand. Like I have busted out the stripper bag. The mermaid outfit, the fireman's outfit, the nurse's outfit. I've tried multiple outfits. Nah, nothing. I get nothing. No, I'm not sure outfits are the thing. You're going to have to go roll in dirt and, and <laughs> not take a bath for six weeks. <laughs> We're the worst cutoffs where there's like, you know, child molesters have a ball hanging out. <laughs> Jesus did too in his burlaps. Let's take a couple calls, see what's going on here. This is uh, oh I know Jonathan in Fresno. Jonathan, what's up? Hey, Dr. How's it going? Hey, now. What's up? Hey, not much. I had a question. Uh, I got a vasectomy, oh, six months ago, and about three weeks after vasectomy, I started getting painful erections and feeling kind of lumps in my penis, and uh, I was told it was Peyronie's disease, uh-huh. and then also since then, I've been getting, like, minimal erections, and it's pissing me off. Well, Peyronie's will get in the way of all that, so why don't you get the Peyronie's treated? Well, I went, and they, the only thing they told me to do was take vitamin E. Was that a urologist? Yeah. Well, they now – vitamin E does not really – that's an old treatment. doesn't really bear up to scientific scrutiny very well. Yeah, I was told that too. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, taking 100 units of vitamin D a day won't hurt. That's for sure. But uh, they used to use PABA, and now they've got an injectable that will dissolve the, the scars. So maybe they're worried that it is related to the vasectomy somehow and that it will get better. 
But I, I, I would think maybe seeing another urologist that has a little more sophisticated approach, it's uh, can be pretty nasty, Pironis. Yeah. It, it can hurt. Mm. Isn't that when the penis turns into the person? It well, can it can turn t- – it turns towards the scar. Because you had that. Ricky's, Ricky's penis pointed at him for a while. Pointed like, up like a, this way? Like, like a hook. Like a hook. Yeah, it's Pironis. Did you have but it? But it was small too. It was a small e- – Small erection. area. Oh, yeah, yeah. It kind of pulls it in, pulls it over. And then they said there's – Laser or something that will release the skin or something? Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that they can do, yeah. Yeah, that's why back then I went to – back then when I had that, uh, I left – they kicked me out of the Palomino Arena and I went to – I don't remember. How would they correct it? (laughs) Uh, It just just went away. Yeah. Is that possible for it to go go away? Yeah, it can go away. Because I, I still see my, my erection that doesn't look doesn't look that big. I, I think it. that's why with Jonathan they want him to kind of cool out for a while and see if it'll get better with some just some vitamins. I mean, it's large. Make no mistake. <laughs> I, I know you're listening, Matt. What's going on, Chicago? Hey, Drew. How's it going, Rick? Good. Tracy, what's going on? Hey, hey, uh, Rick. I enjoyed you and Cootie Tang. Oh, thanks, man. You you didn't blink. I guess you you, you saw me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Wielding the knife, it's, it's good stuff. Thanks, buddy. So. Uh, so Drew, I'm 29 and I have a pacemaker. Uh, uh-huh. I got one. I got it when I was six. Uh-huh. I have um, vasodepressor syncope, uh-huh. and I I'm coming up on needing a new one soon. Um, they say it lasts about 10 years or so. Yeah. And I was wondering if you know anything um, of like what's down the road. Like, is there technology that lets the pacemaker last like longer than 10 years? Or uh, there, I'm not aware of any right off the top of my head. Uh, first of all, why don't you get a reworkup to make sure that that diagnosis was correct? You ever think about that? Yeah, we've, we've, I've kept up to date with it. And actually I've kind of grown out of, um, the reason that I needed it as I, as I grew up and my heart got stronger. And how, how, there was do, you, actually a po- how do you know you grew right. out of it if you were, had a pacemaker in there? Uh, well, they, they turned off a bit. Yeah, they turned it off I when I was about 16, yeah. and I went about a year. I was okay, and then I, I got, like, the flu. I, I passed out, and I ended up having, like, the same, like, the same issues. So they turned it back on and gave me a new one, and then, uh, so dig. Uh, they, two years after I got that new pacemaker, they, I got a call from the doctor saying that it was recalled. Ugh. So I then had to go in again, right, like, stop what I was doing in, in high school and uh, go get a new one. Um so anyways, I've I've now had this new one for almost ten years. Um, but I don't, you know, when I go in, they say I don't use it as much. I only I use it uh, only when I'm sleeping. Um, so it's so it's it's lasted longer than ten years, which is, has been great. But I was just wondering why do you, you know, why do you it, use it when you're sleeping if it's a syncope? Issue? I don't know. That's that's when they say that it pays, that when they notice it pacing. It's kicking in. I see. I see. Um, wow. But yeah, I was hoping that. You know, with technology. I, you know, I don't know. Some... The ba- I'm sure there's stuff out there, and and, and I think I'm, probably most of it is is built around utilization. In other words, it, that it shuts down appropriately, but it's got to monitor you at the same time. Yeah. <clears throat> if you're needing frequent yeah, pacing, so I, I I don't. You know, I'm not a pacemaker expert. Uh, I certainly ten years sounds like what most of my patients are getting their batteries replaced. People that have pacers that are going all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I it's what a crazy thing, Matt. Do they know what this, it, that's the syncope? What what the, what's the heart syndrome? Um basically from what I've been told is that my heart would slow down to the point where it would just stop beating and right. I would pass out and Right. And that's and, all because of the the vasodepressor uh, sensitivity. Yeah, and it would 
it'd be triggered by, you know, me being nauseous or right. sick or, right. you know, right. all that stuff. But, but yet I don't understand you know, why you're getting bradycardic at night then. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm having active dreams or... Uh, uh, weird. All right, well, yeah, listen, I'm, it's very interesting. I'm sorry I don't have a good good answer for you in the, the battery duration. I mean, I'm, you know, pacemaker – cardiologists do it. Pacemakers are expert in this. I mean, that's their thing. So please just get somebody good and stay with you. you live in Chicago. The, there will be tons of resources for you. Dan, what's going on? Hey, Dr. Drew. How you doing? Good. Uh, so I was calling to see – I'm a first-year uh, pharmacy student, and uh, I was calling to see your advice on – when you're in school, I'm, I'm the only one of my friends that kind of pursued a higher education. How do you deal with, with girlfriends, with friends, with family who don't quite understand the time commitment and, and all of a sudden it seems like you're being, you're being alienated a little bit because of how much time you have to spend in school or doing research? It seems like most people begin, begin just socializing with people that are on the same schedule as them, like unless on the same ship, so to speak. People kind of pull inwards a bit. I, I noticed that in medical school, everyone just started hanging out with one another, and the, we didn't have really much of an outside life. We had plenty of socializing within our little groups, but because we were all together all the time. But outside of that, and oftentimes, I, I perhaps it's a little unfair to say that because a lot of the people who were in medical school didn't have time for friends in college either, so they didn't come in with a lot of social connection. I'm sorry to say. So, you know, all you can do, Dan, is all you can do. You've got to prioritize. And if people don't understand, they, they start falling by the wayside is what happens. Well, speaking as, as an L.A. chick, <laughs> just tell us you're going to be rich, the kind of car you're going to have, and we will wait for you. We're here for you. You know, my, my name's Ch- Chelsea. I have a show called Nothing. So I'll be waiting for you to help me. You know, it all comes around, you know. Just be proud and, and um, invite all your friends for simultaneous walks. <laughs> you know, you did, it's about trying to find balance. I mean, there, there's not much else you can do, right? I mean, there's no magic I mean, to that, Dan. There's no. What can you say except I, I'm I'm dedicating my life to something. I'm busy, and I hope you oh, understand that. You can actually pour it out on a t- t- text and say, I, "I goddamn miss you." I just want you to know. Yeah, I that, miss that, you. that's what I do. I, I pour it out. I'm so appreciative of having friends now. I let, let them know I I goddamn miss them. That's all. Just tell them what you feel. And then, All right, and, then, and then hang up fast and get back to work. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. It, it's hard to find balance, and nothing's more important. You know, I, I sound very hypocritical by saying, "Well, you just got to turn inward and go," because uh, really, I, I do believe that what finds what, where emotional health, where physical health, and where meaning in life is, is interpersonal. You know, spending time, real time with people. Yeah. But there's time in life when you just you have to forsake that for periods of time. Yeah. And that's that's sad. Even that that's. I mean, you got to optimize the time you have. Make sure when you do have time with people that it's quality, with people really care about you, and you're focused. And you spend time relating. But, yeah, but yeah. the rest of the time you're busy. I, I understand that. Well, that that's, that's why I got my best friend here, and I mean, I was in the hospital alone for eight months, so now I appreciate. I, I need people. And <coughs> p- 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 Parkinson's. I, I go nuts. Was he ever alone? <coughs> and you? No, no, but, no. But alone I, I for eight months. Was he oh, ever okay. alone? No, no. I was there twenty four seven. At night, I was al- at night. I was very alone with with a woman with a U turn for her neck, like an incubator. At like the she was incubating home. the bottom of her neck. Oh but, my but, god! Uh, You've been uh, through a lot, Rick. It's been quite a yeah. It's, it's a joke. I don't want to go through it anymore. It's uh, not I, a I joke. Try- it's not a joke. I mean, it's just it's just you. You've sort of been traumatized and recreating the trauma your entire life. 
It's been one one intense experience after another. One intense experience after why, another. Why, why do you think that? Ha- I mean, the thing is, I, I was seeing his shrink for tw- twenty years. You, you know, I, so I wouldn't. I would see him on Monday and for for, for for Friday to make sure the the week went right. You know, but I didn't realize that that's not life. Like life Did that ha- help? happens. It got it's, it. It made me no matter what I what went through because I didn't know how to hold on to a home. I didn't know how to hold, I do do many l- l- legal things at all at all. Uh, when I came in, and, and um, and uh, it helped me to keep doing my comedy no matter what. Like people said, I can't believe what you've gone through, and and you you do you did comedy the the before, next day or that you night. Were sick. Even when when I was sick, she, she would she would walk carry me to the club. Does that I'd go does on that, and does collapse? All this trauma inform your comedy? Yes, I, I think so. I, I yeah yeah. Is that why there's always more stories, always more things to talk about? Yeah yeah. Always, and now I think it's more. It's hard. I'm a little bit daunted. It's daunting to know I may write a book that is detailed about the trauma in some way. Like, like that's what you need to do. Focusing, yeah. But I like to be big and use me- 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 metaphors. I don't want to say like. Yeah, but you, you're very, you're very compelling when you talk about your experiences, even when they're painful. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. In fact, I, I got to tell you, I had one one experience I'm having kind of vividly with you here, yeah. and and I kind of know I'm in an interesting place when time changes. The pers- my time perception changes. Time is speeding up around you, like time zoom. I just feel like I zoom forward, and I'm like, I'm interested in your stories. I'm listening, and all of a sudden, it's twenty minutes have gone by. I didn't realize it. I mean, and that that's when, when you're talking about your real experiences. Wow. You know. It, that's it, really interesting. Oh, you should read the book. Is it all in unfiltered? No, so the, the new book. The new book. Yeah, that's which, what I'm which, saying. We can't really talk about that book. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, well, not really. Well, whatever. That's what I'm saying. That 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 uh, that that to me, what you call a page turner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Your life is a page turner, and uh, and it's uh, you know when you're in it, you bring people along with you. Oh, that's funny. I got to remember that because uh, I tried to write about somebody said well, she she said well why, why don't you make it. Do some intimacy thing on you. I got a new po- po- podcast, mm-hmm. and it's the Diaries of Rick Shapiro. And I'm like, that was so, the, the, that, the, those the, words that podcast. Where can I find it? Um, it's on SoundCloud right now. Okay, it's called the Diaries of Rick Shapiro. Yeah, Rick Shapiro Diaries. Rick Shapiro's we Diaries. just started uh, with two two of them. Okay, and she she was in the room and she said, "Why don't you talk about some intimacy?" And I'm As like, opposed to just doing bits. Well, I wasn't just, just doing it. She wanted me to say like, "I'm sad," you know. No, yeah. I didn't. Well, well, I I, I said. I'm lonely. So how do I describe that? When you're on stage and you hit really, you're going for inspirational moments, which is what I'm hooked on, and you feel flashes and bolts, you know, moving you around the stage and you're moving, you found it, then you come home at night or you go on a date or anywhere you are, you, it's lonely and naked. It's like you're sitting in a restaurant lonely and you're just like, there's nothing like riding a lightning bolt, but but I but that's, I just started saying addiction to comedy. That's right, I get it, and that's your addict self and your bipolar self and all that stuff. But but you sat and told me some quiet things that were intense. I did. Hmm? Do you remember any of them? I'm just curious about <laughs> well, one of them. Well, I, I the images of you with your brothers and your dad and all that yeah. stuff very intense. It's sad. And, and well, mm, 
Yeah, I, I, it was awful. I, awful, God. I, but I didn't feel sad for you and I didn't feel pity or anything like that. Yeah. I just felt like, whoa, intense, wow. And then the next the next sort of image comes to mind is you on the street. And those things must be connected because that's how they connect in my head. Yeah. Uh, and those are intense stories, are amazing stories. And you don't have to put anything on to tell stories like that. You just tell them. Yeah. The weird thing for me is, like, I like being around guys and we go and do more, more there than ever and... We have a blast. You know, we're on at the clubs. But when I come home, she has to deal with the part of me that I don't show anybody that is, is exhausted and sad. You know, and but I think with many with many people that are that, in some kind of stage life, there's a stage persona and there's a home persona. Sure, of course. But you don't yeah. want it to be di- di- different. You want to be who you are all the time. Well, mm. and my strings are always telling me, be more that guy that you are on stage or off stage. He has balls. He has, he has chutzpah, her words. And I and I don't know. It sounds, it sounds cheap to, to me. It doesn't sound like the real you. And the real you, I feel like you're looking at me. The real you is looking at me right now, and that's fairly quiet. Yeah, it's fairly quiet. Yeah. And and uh, but and and some misery hanging around. You know, misery's flirt, flirting around. But bombastic too. Yeah, yeah. You fly into that, but but you must get get like that. Like like you you found something. You found moments on the show. You found truth. Yeah, intense. Y- you it's must want to be like you, you fly. You fly into intensity every chance you get. Yeah, I get it. it. It's I get survival, it. right? Yeah. Or is that just is that just fragmented parts of me? It's not so yes. easy to say. It's survival. I'm yes. in survival. It's mode. Fragmented parts of you. Yes. Yeah, I see. That's what the shrinks are saying. Yeah. Yeah. You you know anybody who deals with the uh, uh, everything anxiety everything yeah, everything at once <laughs> you got a doctor for everything well it, it it seems like you you are longing for somebody that will really contact you make contact with you yeah connect I long for connection I yep. can't stand the no connect yeah the phenomenon of existentialism I'm like okay great I, yep. I want a friend yeah and I think you're probably pretty good at that if if you allow it to happen. I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm getting good at it. Yeah, it's just you don't get looked at the the bullshit and the other stuff get in the way. What's and that was another, that was another thing about being in Los Angeles. Rick and I have it was very difficult for us to connect with L.A. people as opposed to New York people. New York people are so much more where culture. we live. Yeah, you know, we're so much more cultured. So you, you live, you're living here now. We live in Hollywood. Yeah. We live in Franklin, Franklin Gummy Worm Avenue, where people <laughs> are impressed because there are three r- r- restaurants. <laughs> Every guy gets out of the cab and goes like, "This is a nice area." It's three restaurants. One of them sushi. That's two <laughs> restaurants and one you don't care about. Like, come on, nice but, area. But my nice point areas is- where civil rights were being fought, and you were on a horse. <laughs> well, you guys, throwing bottles I, at cops. That's a nice area. I have to wrap the uh, show okay. up, and yeah. it is hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> uh, you're an extraordinary person. So it's been you. a privilege to hear your stories and to spend time with you. And I hope you find more of exactly what you're doing with me right this second. Thank you. Uh, That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I hope you do. And Tracy. Good luck. Thank you. There's, uh, there's, uh, you've done a great job getting him through what must have been an incredibly difficult time. And thank you for He's getting through. So, well, no, so we can all enjoy him. Oh, my thank pleasure. That, so. My pleasure. Thanks, man. It was an honor to meet you. Pleasure as cool. always. That about cool does Don't You Podcast. Again, the book is unfiltered. And you guys. Yeah, there's guys. he loves you guys. Chris and Gary is the pointing at. <laughs> uh, Catalyst for Change, the CD, Rick Shapiro TV, RickShapiro.tv website, and at Rick Shapiro TV is what tw- Twitter handle. See you next time. 
For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. This is Corolla Digital.